Hello Tea Crew and welcome to a brand new episode. Today we are going to be getting into all the topics all over social media and the internet and then we're going to be doing a deep dive into this Bravo chaos train that has been happening over the last week. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's get straight into it because there is a lot to get into today. Um, First thing I have here is Shaka Khan shades the top singers of all time and then apologizes for her comments. Excuse me, y'all. Woo! Okay, it is the top of the morning, full disclosure. I have so many meetings today that I couldn't not record because... There's so much going on, so just bear with me. Um, so Shaka Khan shades the top singers of all time, then apologizes for her comments. Now, this included Mary J. Blige, Mariah, Adele, and basically anybody who scored higher than Shaka Khan on the list. Now, Shaka did come in at 29, and she didn't shade, you know, such legends as Ray Charles, Whitney Houston, or Aretha Franklin. But she did dig into Mariah Carey, Adele, and Mary J. Blige, like I said. She also said that Mary J. Blige covered her song Sweet Thing, and she was flat. Now, Mary J. Blige and Shaka Khan have had a long history of being frenemies. They go back and forth, I guess, ever since Sweet Thing was cleared, because this was a huge hit for Shaka Khan, only for Mary J. Blige to cover it. It kind of takes, you know, a bite out of her apple, so to speak. Um, so this is something that she had contention with, especially even like, um, Whitney Houston, Shaka Khan said that I'm every woman, which was originally done by Shaka, um, also propelled Whitney Houston's career. So she's, you know, she claims that she made Whitney Houston. Okay, girl. She also then said that lists like this, um, tear singers and, you know, turn singers against each other. And she doesn't want to do that, but she did end up doing that by making these comments. Shaka later came back and apologized to everyone, especially Mary J. Blige, um, for her comments. I guess she was just saying, like, I was taken aback by the list. She hadn't seen the list prior to recording the podcast um, with the L.A.-based podcast. So she hadn't seen the list prior to that. And I guess she was alleging that it caught her off guard to see all these people over her after these people allegedly used her influence. Like I said, um, when this list first came out, I was watching Maddie in the morning and we literally spent two hours going back and forth about this list, who should have been higher than who. And that's basically the point of a list like this, right? It gets everybody talking. It literally puts into names definitively the best singers of all time. And of course, if it's anything definitive, people are going to go back and forth with the list and not approve of who is on it. So that's just to be expected. And honestly, I'm glad Shaka apologized, but even if she didn't, I think that a lot of people understand where she was coming from when she said that, because regardless of whatever number she was, she's always going to say that what she did was the best. I mean, she's going to believe in herself, but maybe just not say it. I will agree with what Claudia said on TGIF about the situation. I low-key want to see Shaka Khan on a podcast now because I feel like her spiciness and the things that she brings um, to an opinion, I would kind of want to hear that on a weekly basis. So that might be an opportunity for somebody to get on that Shaka Khan's team. Go ahead and start talking to these podcast companies because I wouldn't mind listening to a little spicy Shaka 
um, once a week. <laughs> All right, let's get into this topic. Pretty sad. Um, a 33-year-old woman died after the Gorilla concert in Rochester. There was a stampede at the concert and an alleged stabbing, um, and the 33-year-old woman did not make it. Glorilla did release a statement last night, of course, previous to them announcing that this woman had passed and she said she just had found out about the situation and, you know, her hearts go out to everybody involved. This is a thing when somebody is on the rise like Glorilla, there are certain shows that have been pre-booked. And at this point, these venues are now way too small for the type of celebrity that she is. This has been the situation with past walkthroughs where people have gotten upset and thrown water at her and such like that because they wanted her to perform. And, you know, the promoters had only paid for a walkthrough. This is a similar situation that's now going on. First of all, rest in peace to this woman um, and prayers to her family because irregardless of whatever happened, um, she lost her life and that's a terrible thing. But what I'm trying to say is that sometimes when an artist gets too big faster than people realize the things that they have booked need to be canceled because it's just not safe for everybody to go see you anymore in a venue of that size when so many people have known and heard about you at this point. Now, we haven't gotten a statement from Glorilla, Glorilla since this woman passed, but hopefully this just encourages her team to be like, listen, there's just all we have to leave some money on the table. If we have to break contracts, if we have to give some money back, she can't do these small venues anymore. We got to step it up to larger venues where her fans can see her and be safe and security and everything they need to make sure that there's crowd control. People aren't on top of each other um, while they're trying to have a good time at her concert. All right. You know, rest in peace, that lady again. Okay, let's get into this next topic here. Um, Tim Norman was sentenced to life in prison for his role in the killing of his nephew. Now, let me just also say this. I made a reel about this when it first happened. Y'all, I think that was season one. Okay, and y'all dragged me for filth for calling on... Um, yeah, Andre, calling Andre his uh, cousin instead of his nephew. I now know that it was his nephew. I think I reported that story the day it came out, the day that we learned about the murder plot. <clears throat> and it was over two years ago. So please give me a break. Some of the reels are super, super old, but you are just now finding them through hashtags. But there are some things that it's like, okay, I was trying to get it out within an hour of it actually happening. So there are a couple things that are off. Again, I'm on a news channel, y'all. I'm reading the stories with you and I'm just giving you my opinion. But either way, yes, I now know that was his nephew. Thank you, y'all, for the comment, the same comment. 20 people commented the same thing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so he has been sentenced to life in prison um, for the killing death of his nephew, okay? Now, we talked about how Tim did this for like a $450,000 life insurance policy, which a lot of people will consider to be low, knowing that Tim Norman and his family had been on TV for almost a decade with the Welcome to Sweetie Pie's show and then the franchise of the multiple different restaurants. Since then, all the restaurants have closed and some have been open for over 
um, 20 years at the time they closed. So it was just sad to see all the locations closed. But with all this going on, Miss Robbie had to focus her attention on Tim and his lawyer. And it's really just torn the family apart. Of course, the mother and close relatives to the nephew um, have turned, you know, trying to turn to turned against Miss Robbie for still supporting her son and Miss Robbie, knowing that, you know, Tim has been in prison before. He's just like, I won't turn my back on my son and I don't know if he did it or not, but I'm going to be there to support him either way. That's my child. Um, it's sad that it's torn this family apart. It's sad that it's torn this business apart. Um, but it's just greed, man. It's greed. Like they also said on TGIF, there were so many ways for, um, Tim to make this money legally with his, with his presence, who people, who he knew, you know, he was already moving in those reality star circles. He dated Jennifer Williams for a long time. She ended up getting a restraining order against him, but it was just like, you already were in the sweet spot as far as where you needed to be in your celebrity to make money like this. Why, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Even down to the insurance carrier was involved in this murder for hire plot. So they all got time. Tim got the most time, even more than the shooter because the actual shooter was hired by Tim and he cut a deal with prosecution. So I think that Tim got exactly what he needed to get. Um, sometimes when you get out, you can't make a different life for yourself. You're still in that street mindset and people could get hurt. So he really needs to be in a place where he can no longer hurt anyone. And that is life in prison. So, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Um, and wishing the family the best. Hopefully the family can come back together because that's what really sold Sweetie Pies. It wasn't just how good the food looked and everything like that. It was the love that the family had, the love that Miss Robbie had to even start this franchise because she knew that when her son got out of jail the first time, he was not going to be able to get a job because of his previous incarceration. So she literally started this fast food chain, not or not fast food, this soul food chain, not just for herself, but for her son so that he would have something and a legacy that she could pass on to her child that he could work in as an ex-con and still be able to make money and make a life for himself only for it to be squandered like this. It's just heartbreaking um, for everybody involved. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Chris Rock, um, <laughs> his live comedy special came out on Netflix this weekend and the, the reviews were very mixed. So I watched the beginning of it. You know, I don't know. I haven't really been into Chris Rock's comedy for a long time. So I wasn't expecting to laugh or think it was funny, but I was interested in seeing, you know, how he got into the topics. And, you know, he did talk about Will and Jada quite a lot. He did call Jada the B word. Um, and he just talked about how Will, you know, slapped him into the next millennium or something like that. Um, and I don't know, I just, I understand that this is something that people want to hear from him. I just wish that him and Netflix had kind of gotten together at some point last year and discussed this. Now, a year later, it's just coming off as kind of stale and kind of like, not to say he should be over it by now, but it's just like, oh, now we got to get into the slap once again. Um, 
it's a whole new award season. We're getting into new awards. Will Smith is actually winning some of them um, for his new movie, Emancipation. So it's like, we've been there, done that. Do we really have to get into this once again? But it seems like we're going to have to because now Chris has to have his say. A lot of people are actually saying that they appreciated um, Chris Rock getting his lick balk, allegedly, um, you know, for the slap that, you know, his comedy special really dug into Will Smith. And he also made comments like, I watched Emancipation just to see Will Smith get beat and whipped on the, in the movie. Um, Lord, which I found to be, <sighs> y'all know how I feel. I already posted this on the Instagram page. I found that to be distasteful, um, because it is somewhat a biographical, a biography movie, about a person who was actually whipped almost to death. So I don't think that's funny, Chris Rock, damn. But I understand why you said it um, because you were publicly embarrassed. I honestly feel like my new opinion of the situation is I think Chris Rock should have slapped him back on the stage. I think Chris Rock should have really just leaned back and slapped him too. Not that they would get into a fight, but just to kind of like slap the sense back into Will Smith. Like, do you see where we are? Like we are at an award show, the most prestigious award show for acting that there is. And you just open face slap, like you had open hand slap me in the face. I would have liked now thinking back in hindsight, I would have liked Chris Rock to slap him too. And for them to just cut the cameras for a couple minutes, because now it's like Chris Rock has taken this victim mentality. And it's like, you have ate off of this for over a year and we've acknowledged, I've acknowledged, and I think we've all acknowledged that Will Smith was wrong, but now it's like, oh my God, open up the same old wounds, Flav. Like, that's how I really feel. Like you're just reminding everybody the situation, what happened. We all just want to move on. And now Netflix has given this man a live special where he can say whatever he wants in the moment. And then they like edited it afterwards. But if you watched it, at 10 o'clock in the original airing, you heard everything. I don't think they cut anything, but just, you know, you heard and saw everything that was going on. I don't know. I just feel like it's too little too late for a commentary. And it also came off distasteful because he was again, disrespecting Jada, who really didn't have anything to do with the slap. She sat there and took the jokes. It was her husband that just, you know, couldn't take it. So I don't, I don't know. Um, it just wasn't funny to me just to begin with. And then he also had some comments about Meghan Markle and like how she married into a white family, but wanted all this acceptance. Um, and that if she wanted to be accepted, <laughs> she should have married a Kardashian. I feel like that was a little funny, but at the same time, they're also catching a really bad lashing in the press right now, Meghan and, um, Harry. So I don't, you know, but this is comedy, right? It does. It's not supposed to be, um, so politically correct. If I'll defend Dave Chappelle and his right to kind of walk the line there, then I'll also defend it for Chris Rock. I just feel Dave Chappelle's funnier with it, you know, in my opinion. So maybe that's why that's something that doesn't come off as harsh to me as this Chris Rock special did. I don't know. It's just sad for me also because I loved him so much as a kid, like head of state and um, down to earth. I watched them literally line for line. I could repeat um, those movies. And I really, really liked his comedy back then. I just feel like now either I evolved or he just didn't, or I don't know, it's just not clicking the way that it used to, but it, it premiered to millions of viewers and it's still doing really well. So shout out to him for a successful special.
All right, and let's get into this last topic here before the deep dive. Ice Spice and Northwest link and do some TikToks. Some say this was everything that Kanye did not want for his oldest child to be exposed to the media at such a young age. Um, all right, so Northwest is blowing up as a TikTok darling. She posts all types of TikToks. Last week or two weeks ago, she linked with Mariah Carey's twin daughter, um, Monroe, and they did um an it's a rap with their moms, Kim and Mariah were actually in the TikTok as well. And North is just really blowing up on TikTok because of her access to celebrities and her facial expressions and her acting and the way that she seems to really take time to learn the trends and things like that. People are just here for Northwest. And I'm not going to lie, her TikToks are so cute and on point. And it's looking like she's editing and doing them herself. Um, and she's so young that she's being, being able to do that. So it is impressive. Um, but this is something that I think Kanye foresaw and that's why he did not want his daughter on the app. However, somebody on Twitter brought up a great point. I wish I could remember their handle and I would shout them out, but they were like, you glorified this family. You talked about how great Kim was and the sun and stars and the moon shined out of her like she was some type of celestial being. And now that you have what four, no, yeah, four children with her. All of a sudden, it's all that was cap. The family is built on, you know, exposing the kids. Chris exposed her kids more than she was a mother to them. All these things are now coming out after you have four children with this woman. Like, these are things you thought of, should have thought of before you had one, <laughs> much less four. And especially to go through surrogacy and, and egg swapping and all these things that you had to do in order to get these kids here to now be like, I don't think that I share the same values as this person and or her family. It's wildly to say something and do something like that. I really feel like at this point, this is something that you should have already discussed and you should already known that this is going to be an issue when you got with her and you should have decided that as soon as you had North. Listen, I know how you were raised. I know how Chris was able to finesse you all into this lifestyle, but this is not what I want for my kids. But then at the end of the day, like that's the core fiber of the Kardashians. How could you get with a Kardashian and then turn around and be like, I don't want them. I don't want my kids to be exposed to the media at such a young age. It's literally in their blood. It's in their blood. It's just so convenient. It's so convenient that you guys want this certain look in your kids. I'm going to just put it out there. You want a certain look in your kids, a certain aesthetic, a certain ambiguity to their blackness. And then you have non-black people raising your kids and you're wondering where the values are. But Kanye, she was not going to raise your kids like your mom raised you. Period. That is not something that Kim was capable or willing to do. And I think you know that. <laughs> now I'm having a heart to heart with him. <laughs> All right, guys, these have been the trending topics for this week. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering both the NBA and the NFL. Let's start with NBA news. All-star guard Damian Lillard has joined the 70-point club. He scored 71 points against the Houston Rockets on Sunday, February 
six. Lillard is one of only eight players to ever score 70 or more points in an NBA game. Also, Kobe Bryant's family has settled a photo lawsuit for $28.5 million with Los Angeles County to resolve the claims that deputies and firefighters shared gruesome pictures of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and other victims killed in a 2020 helicopter crash. Also, the Atlanta Hawks have hired Quinn Snyder to be their next head coach. The contract is for five years. Also, Charlotte Hornets guard LaMelo Ball is out for the rest of the season with a fractured ankle. Now let's move to NFL news. The NFL has just announced that the Pro Football Hall of Fame game will take place on Thursday, August 3rd at 8 o'clock p.m. The New York Jets will face the Cleveland Browns. Also in NFL news, the Washington Commanders have cut quarterback Carson Wentz and the Atlanta Falcons have cut quarterback Marcus Mariota. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. We got to get into these Bravo topics because Bravo has been walling for the last six days and what I'm calling the six-day Bravo chaos train because it has not stopped rolling since it basically kicked off. Um, so the first thing here, and we did a mini sip on it for all the preliminary details, but Drew Sedora filed divorce from Ralph Pittman about 61 minutes before he did. And that's what really just kicked the train off. Now the two, despite filing for divorce, literally an hour apart, the two are still living under the same roof and Bravo cameras turned back on to get in there and re-record some of the end of season 15. Drew is going to talk about the divorce. Um, they're going to get castmate reactions to the divorce and this will be tacked on to the next season of Real Housewives of Atlanta rumored at the very, very end. Now, this has also gotten a little more messy because Mimi Faust of Love and Hip Hop has stepped into the situation and she's basically saying that Drew is somehow tied to her ex-fiance, Ty Young. Now, Ty Young and Mimi Faust have been trying to make it work for the last four or five years. They've been engaged. They've been broken up. They've been re-engaged. And somehow now Mimi is putting Drew into the mix. Now, is she saying Drew is with Ty? Drew had something for Ty? The three of them had something together? We have no idea because she literally just posted the picture and did it all subliminally. So we have no idea what that even adds to the story, if it adds anything. But this is something that's going on. Also now it's been alleged that since the two of them are still under the same roof, that all the allegations of abuse that Drew made are part of her next year, next season's storyline. I mean, this is getting to be so wild. So Drew, after the filing and after the mini sip that we recorded, she then added more context to why she filed for divorce. She said there was mental manipulation as well as abuse. Some um, outlets are even going to, as far as saying he shoved her down a flight of stairs. Now that is super alleged because 
I have never heard that from other sources, but these are some of the things that are coming out in real time um, about their divorce. And my thing is, even if it was just some of the less physically violent things that you've said about him, why would you still want to be in a household with someone who did something like that to you? You need to get yourself and those kids out of that situation, especially if it's abusive. So to hear that they're still under the same roof after they filed and they're legally separated, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. I know they're still trying to figure out where the kids are going to live, where Drew's going to live, even to the point of, you filed an hour after me. We both agree that we need this divorce. You've left before, obviously, with the whole Tampa trip. You might as well get up and pack and go somewhere, you know, just for a couple weeks because this is crazy. Like, if all this is really going down in the house, we can't have this around the kids and we really shouldn't be around each other. I just can't understand that. So that that's an update on that. And that kicked off the train. Then we moved into Peter and Mia fighting. And then Mia's husband stepping in with some shocking allegations against Peter. So Peter comes to Mia after she dropped the video of Wendy Osefo sitting and tasting an alleged menu for when um, Peter and Wendy were going to go into business together. And it's a video of Wendy looking a little tipsy, looking a little right, but it makes sense because she's literally tasting all the food, probably the drinks as well for a menu for an upcoming venture that the two of them had together. Now, Mia used this video to allege that Wendy had a sexual relationship with Peter. Now, Peter then got upset about this and called Mia to the carpet for being messy, also saying that he did not really have a close friendship with Mia and her husband. Here's my problem with Peter, AKA Patricia. He literally told Mia to make sure that all this restaurant drama with Wendy got back on the show because he wanted to be discussed on Real Housewives of Potomac. That's true T. When they went there for Karen's birthday party, Mia had one assignment and one assignment only to get messy with Wendy and bring up everything that Peter had mentioned to her. And Peter told her to mention it all. Let's remember everything people. Let's remember everything because Mia has lied. Mia has lied not once, not twice, not three, not four times. Almost everything Mia has said has been a lie. But when it comes to this, Peter was definitely involved in the beginning. And now he wants to back off the situation because Mia has made this, made the kitchen too hot, so to speak. So Peter then comes to me, it comes to social media after this is after Peter Thomas has beat the case for allegedly choking Tammy Rivera's niece in his bar one restaurant. And it's being alleged to everyone that Tammy's niece had a public defender, did not defend herself properly. And this is the only reason why Peter Thomas ended up getting off this charge. That's what I heard. That's alleged. That's alleged. But somehow I believe it because multiple different witnesses said they saw the incident between Peter and Tammy's niece and that she was not able to defend herself because Peter was so drunk in his own establishment to the point where he's calling patrons and asking them, what did I do last night? Cause I have no idea what I did. Allegedly. 
moving along, as Conscious would say. So then Mia had her husband um, into this. And you could tell that Mia was involved in, in her husband's statement because of the way it was written. It was almost like he was Mia's mouthpiece that night. But he did allege that they were close, that Peter's been around their family, and that the couple also loaned them sixty loaned him sixty K for one of the bar one restaurants when they were doing better financially. And I'll tell you why I believe this. I feel like Mia is definitely one to throw her money around when she has it. And I think that she thought that this alliance with Peter and being close to Bravo was gonna get her on Potomac. And it eventually did, right? She was in so many circles with people that are on the show, people that have been on the show in the past. And then this led to the quote unquote friendship with Karen that got her on the show. Let's face it, y'all. None of these are real friendships. It's just literally like, I'm going to come on the show. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to be a support for you if you get me on. And then the women get on and they just flip on the person who even got them on the show or whose link got them on the show. We see it all the time because they're not truly friends. That's just a production note. I'm just saying. Um, and so that happens. So we will see what Peter has to say, but it seemed like after those 60 K rumors came out, it got real, real quiet for Peter. Also, Peter, why would you think that they were not going to bring that up? If you literally loan this couple money and they, and you haven't paid them back yet, or even if you did, if they were there for you in a tight spot, 60 K is a lot of money. I don't care what anybody says for somebody that's not your friend. So, mm. All right, let's get into one of the this next topic. I know you guys are all wanting to talk about this. I'm not gonna get too deep into it because I don't watch Vanderpump, but let's get into it. So the Vanderpump love triangle <laughs> was the next thing on the train. Um, Tom, longtime couple, Tom and Ariana have broken up and we have found out that it was over a affair that Tom had with another cast member, Raquel. And allegedly they've been having this affair for seven months and wearing matching necklaces. All this has been happening under the nose of Tom's ex Ariana. Um, this is messy, but I will say from looking into this, the little that I did, Ariana had also had something with somebody else on the cast. I believe it was Katie's ex-boyfriend. I don't watch the show, people. I'm trying to go with it um, because some of you said you want to talk about it. What I think is they have been messy from the start. That's what I do know. When I did watch Vanderpump all the way back when, these people have been messy from the start, hooking up with people's boyfriends. And now that everybody's older, it's a fiance, it's a husband. But this is the same thing that y'all been doing for literally decades on TV because this is their 10th season. I also feel like I want to see what the numbers were hitting on in Vanderpump before this came out because I will say some people were covering it, but I feel like the coverage of Vanderpump Rules was definitely less than I've seen in the past. And I think the numbers were just not numbering. This is not the first time that somebody has kicked up a little bit of drama or turned over a rock in order to propel a show. If everyone on the show thought they were going to lose their job, I think that Ariana and Raquel and Tom and everybody who was intimately involved in the love triangle will be like, listen, this is our source of income. Without this, we can't do our cover bands. We can't do our restaurants. We can't do everything else that goes into the Vanderpump brand. We have to get back on track as far as our numbers. And believe me, people have been going back and binging full seasons to catch up with this drama. So if that was their aim, baby, 
this did the damn thing, okay? This was the one because so many people are invested in this story at this point. It is actually nauseating how much you can actually be involved in it and not be involved in it because I'm just like, who are these people? But at the same time, I have been seeing them in the Bravo universe for so long, but I just never care to continue to watch Vanderpump after season one or two. Um, but yeah, people have been binging whole seasons. The numbers are definitely going to be up. Even Andy Cohen is now posting to his page about different things that he received from Raquel. Like Raquel gave him this sweatshirt that had Tom Tom on it. And he's like, was she trying to tell me that there was something going on? Like it is, it is literally one of the biggest topics of the weekend, if not the biggest drama topic of the weekend, this situation. But then Katie Roast comes in the picture and says, hold my beer. She tweeted that she slept with Sharice from Real Housewives of Potomac when they were on the show together. She also claims that she helped her beat a case to get a large amount of settlement money. So we all know Sharice kind of went away for two reasons. She had a messy divorce that I don't think she wanted to be on TV. And then she also didn't fare that well in the divorce. She only really got money to support her children. She didn't get a lot of money for her own personal assets and the things that she needed in her divorce. Similar to an Ashley Darby situation, honestly. So... This happened to Sharice and she backed out of the show. But previous to that, Katie is saying that they bumped uglies. At this point, my head was already spinning, right? There's been so much Bravo news. It was wild. Katie has been reported to want to get back on the show. Mental health wise, I don't think that Katie is ready. People have said that Katie's not ready. Um, I don't know if there's anybody close to Katie. And then before you know, all this was brought up. She was allegedly working at a TJ Maxx or a Marshall or something like that, which is fine. Honest work is work. Who cares? But to, to be able to do a retail job because you need the money and then try to come back on this show for your mental health. I just don't know if it's right, Katie, because I think you would literally be fighting to stay on the show, saying whatever you need to say to stay on the show and keep the checks coming in. And that might really pit the girls against you. And then we'll be in a situation like we were before with you quick firing on social media and literally getting yourself canceled. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. Do I think that Katie slept with Sharice? Maybe. I think these women get drunk and do a lot of things they don't want to talk about. But when the cameras are not rolling, that's their personal business. Honestly, it truly is. That is truly their personal business when the cameras are no longer rolling. So if they are, they are. Or if they have, they have. Now, the settlement money, Katie might have to be quiet about because you never know the situation. And if they can find fraud in those accounts, sometimes they come back for your bag. So I don't know if she should be talking about that. <laughs> and then the last thing here, if this wasn't enough, the SWV and Escape show premiered last night and the Scott sisters dropped tea that Latasha allegedly stole from her own sister, Tamika. Now this to me put a lot of pieces together because everybody claims that it's tiny and um, candy that are keeping this group afloat and that they're the ones that are, are not trying to fuel the drama. Seeing as the other two were sisters, you would think, oh girl, you are definitely trying to fuel the drama. But allegedly it's these sisters. They even were fighting in front of their own mama about body shaming and the different things that have happened between them over the years and how Tamika thinks that Latasha, um, their mom has been taking Latasha's side all this time. And I will say when the whole you stole money from me came out. It was like 
the mom was trying to get them to be quiet real quick because I don't know if there's some truth to the story or she just didn't want it to get so messy. You know what she does give me? The mom, their mom definitely gives me um, Mama Evelyn vibes from the Braxton family values. And I love that because, you know, I love Mama Evelyn. <laughs> but she was definitely trying to get them to be quiet. She was like, uh-uh, we're not going to discuss this. Uh-uh. There's some things we're going to talk about on the show, but this is not going to be one of them. She got them quiet quick. Okay. As only a black mother can. She said, hush it up. And the mouths were falling silent. The babes, a silence fell through the home. <laughs> a silence just fell through the home when she said that. She said silence. And they were silenced. Duh. Okay. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Is it sweeps week? Is it sweeps week? This is the week where they do the ratings. Is it that week? Because the things that popped off in the Bravo universe... I'm telling you, six-day Bravo chaos train. And I'm sure they're going to drag it out further because Andy is like, yes, yes, yes. Bring in these numbers. Daddy likes. I mean, it's insane. I hope he brings it up on Watch What Happens Live because this just has to be addressed how wild it's been getting in the Bravo universe. But I don't want this um, to go over too long. So I will go ahead and end it there. What was the biggest scandal? I know I put this on the on the Instagram page, but what was the biggest scandal in your mind um, that dropped recently with these Bravo celebrities? The love triangle, Peter, Mia, and her husband, Drew Sedora now still being in the same home with a man who with her abuser allegedly. Yikes! Oh my God! Let me know what you guys think um, in the comments, and stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. As always, thank you for liking the podcast, um, sharing reels, all the things that you do to keep the community growing. As always, convict the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I love you for listening. Bye!